<clears throat> okay, hey guys, it's Phantom, and welcome back to another episode of the Ask Phantom podcast. So today I am actually refilming an episode because I um, had it in the wrong file because um, my um, podcast service or my distributor doesn't take uh, like certain files. So, let's see, I, what was I talking about? Oh, I guess why I, be, why I became an author and, gosh, what was it? Why I became an author and uh, talking about work mindsets. So, I mean, I filmed this like two days ago, I should remember. So, um, let's see. For me, um, okay, I've always been a creative person. Let, let me just start off. I've always been a super creative person. And, um, like, I'm just, you know, I'm just good creatively. I don't have to think of what I'm going to do before I do something. Well, sometimes I think before I do something, but when it comes to, like, create, um, creatively I don't really have to think before I do something so with me I've always said that writing was a talent that I didn't know that I had which I didn't know that I was good at writing um you know like writing stories or whatever I didn't know that I was good at writing stories and um back then when I started getting into writing I was in I think I was like in junior high yeah I was in junior high and I was like barely in my teens when I started writing so um I remember I did it for like a school project thing I did like two things for a school project one little project that I did was I made these headbands um I actually broke one of them to be honest like it was actually one that I made but it was like made from plastic um well it was a plastic headband and then I had like these plastic stickers um I had like these plastic stickers and plastic gems that I'd put on it so yeah like I made headbands for a project and then I think a couple weeks later I remember I decided to start writing these stories this was before my book um this was before my books came into play, by the way. Um, so I started writing these individual stories, right? And what I would do was... Okay, so I thought of the main character, right? As being rebellious, um, which she is. She's very rebellious, as you know, if you've um, read the books before. Um, Angie is extremely rebellious, she kind of mellowed out a little bit, but not really. Um, like, she's done a lot of crazy things in her life. And I kind of made it that way. Um, because Mia's just, you know, she just has issues. Um, not as bad as her mother, but she has some problems. So, um... 
I wanted the character to be, you know, characters rebellious, so what the character looks like has to reflect on that. So I'm very into, like, my character inspo was, like, um, scene and emo styles from, like, the early 2000s. I know I'm, like, stuck in, I'm, like, stuck in the freaking 2010s, but, or, like, goth. I'm heavily, this character is, like, heavily influenced by goth fashion or, you know, that's just, that's just her character because she's, like, very rebellious. She colors her hair. She, um, like, she has tattoos. She, you know, she's just a bad kid. Um, well, she doesn't mean to be bad. It's, it's a long story, um, that not a lot of people understand. Mia's life is, like, one big mess sometimes. Well, half the time. I mean, she's an aristocrat, but she wasn't always. She's always had issues. So I wanted a representation. I wanted a character representation of what they would look like to, you know, reflect their personality and their character and what they were like. So... There are people that like to color their hair, right? And Mia's main color is purple. Okay, so she's naturally blonde. She's a natural blonde. Both, well, pretty much all of her sisters are natural blondes. Um, but they like to color their hair. So, like with Mia, her main color is purple and silver. She doesn't color her hair purple and silver at the same time. Um, she, like, goes through phases where she colors her hair purple and then, you know, colors her hair silver and, you know, all that stuff. I know, it doesn't make sense. So, like, she goes through phases where she colors her hair purple or she colors her hair silver. And, um, I know, like, it doesn't make sense. You may think... She has, like, issues, well, like, other issues where she's, like, indecisive, but I promise you, she's not all that indecisive. So, okay, I've always been a person who has to, like, visualize things, and I've, okay, I've visualized some pretty crazy things as, you know, as the story, like, um, you know, as the books progressed, like, you know, I have, like, weird dreams about scenes. Like, I have crazy scene dreams that sometimes I put into the books. And actually, um, a couple of months ago, I remember, I don't know if I was, like, super into the, like, if I was, like, super into writing a book chapter, which I think I was, which is what influenced this vision and the scene to, like, literally come to life in front of my eyes. Um, so it was a scene of Sophie's maternity photos. Okay, this hasn't happened yet, right? Because 
you know, it just hasn't happened yet. I'm trying to think of the right time to do so, to actually do the maternity photo chapter. So, um, you know, we already have the baby shower chapter done, or I already have the baby shower chapter written, but I don't know when to do the maternity photos picture, but oh my gosh, you guys, when I tell you it was the craziest and coolest experience I had ever seen in my entire life. So I was like, you know, it was just, a, it was just a normal day. And, you know, I'm walking back to my room and I just stop and get into this, like, trance where I see, you know, like, it's kind of that rider trance where you start visualizing things because you're so into writing something. So that's basically what happened. So what happened was Sophie is, it, Sophie's standing in this field of, like, grass and flowers, and she looks so pretty, like, her hair, okay, her hair, if you're wondering what Sophie's main color is, as I said, Sophie's a natural blonde, but she colors her hair blue, so, um, or she dyes her hair blue, because she's obsessed with, you know, ocean life and marine life, you know, because her last name is literally marine, <laughs> you know, like a marina. So obviously she's obsessed with the ocean and marine life and she works as a mermaid entertainer. Um, I actually thought that was pretty cool because that's totally something that I'd see Sophie doing. So um, she works as like a mermaid entertainer and she's a recording artist. Um, you know, because that's what I see her doing. And so she's in this, like, field of flowers and grass, and it's really, really pretty. Um, and I think she's wearing either a blue dress or a white dress. I'm going to go with blue because blue is her signature color. She, her favorite color is blue, um, by the way, if you guys are wondering. Um, she doesn't wear blue all the time. It's like a mix of blue and black. Um, but she was wearing like a blue or a white dress. And she's in this field of flowers just standing there and she looks so beautiful. And I was like, and I'm just thinking to myself, like I, I was staying quiet, kind of stunned because I was just letting it happen. And I was like, you know what? That would be perfect for a chapter. So I didn't, I didn't know that I had the ability to write and create like all these worlds and have all these like crazy, crazy, crazy experiences. Um, but I have had like the craziest experiences as an author, like with the fact that I get so deep into something. I'm very guilty of getting like really really deep into chapters and um or books in general and just like visualizing things it's like it's crazy like I've had I've had um dreams I've had dreams where uh what happened oh I had a dream 
where Bellatrix was in her house. Okay, I have no idea what the outside of her house looks like because I just have never visualized the outside, like the outside of Bella's manor. And if you're wondering, like I'm talking about Lestrange Manor, I'm not talking about the manor that she lives in as well because she lives in uh, Phantom Manor and Evangeline Manor as well. So I have never visualized what the outside of Lestrange Manor would look like because I've never kind of had that. I've never actually talked about the outside of Lestrange Manor, so I can't visualize it. So basically, um, I had a dream where Like, it was, it was all just, like, one crazy book scene or, like, one crazy movie scene. It wasn't actually a movie. I just have, like, crazy dreams like that that I can't necessarily control. So, um, let's see what happened. I remember Allison being in the house... Allison was in the house, you know, she was tired, um, you know, from taking care of her baby brother, because, okay, I'm not gonna spoil anything, but if you've read the chapter where, but if you've, like, read some of the chapters, um, kind of referring to her brother, not her, you know, not her deceased brother. If you guys are wondering, um, her mom, okay, her mom's first, or her mom's last pregnancy before Orion came was pretty tragic because it ended, because it ended in miscarriage and Allison was like 13 or 14 at the time of this happening. And if you guys are wondering, Allison was born in 1954. <laughs> um, so, basically, um, Allison was tired and everything, you know, from taking care of a newborn. And seriously, I do not want to ruin it. I'm just saying what happened in the dream. So, um... Yeah, she was tired, and I remember, I vividly remember Bella coming up to her and kind of asking her questions, and then helping her out because, you know, she could tell that she was so tired. So, that's kind of what happened in the dream. I mean, I remember... what happens in pretty much all my dreams if they're like strong enough to, for me to remember but some of them I try to block out because they're kind of you know because they're kind of scary and a little bit traumatic so um like I had no idea I had an ability to like come up with scenes and dreams or um or like have you know, crazy 
scenes like that where I'm literally in the real world in real time. Like, this isn't a dream. Like, real world in real time. And then just, like, go into some sort of a book trance and just see the most amazing things I've ever seen in my life. And then, okay, I remember when I first started writing, I had no idea that my book series would blow up how it did. And then I, then when I actually made it into a book series, I was in high school. I was in my junior year of high school and I decided, you know, hey, I've, I've held on to these, I've held on to this uh, to these plot lines, to these storylines for about 16, 17, 18, for about four, almost five years now. Well, it's it's been more than that now because it's 2020, but at the time it was like four years later. And um, I actually wrote it into a book series and I didn't really have to think of what I was going to write because I had already had the plot line and the storyline engraved in my brain from writing so many stories. So basically I would use actual images. I would look at images. This is, this is how I would come up with this is how I would come up with story plots. So I would have to look at actual images because I'm a visual um I'm a visual person. I'm half visual and half auditory. So, um, like, okay, I'm a very visual person. And I'm a visual learner and I'm an auditory learner. So, I have to, so like when I started writing the books, I had to look Okay, this is this is still how I do things. I will always be a visual learner when it comes to certain things, and then I will be an auditory learner when it comes to certain things. So I'm half and half. So let's see. So this is this has always been my thing. I look at pictures. I physically have to like save pictures to my camera roll, right? Of what the characters look like. And then I look at the pictures and I start and I start writing. So that's basically how the individual stories came to be was I would spend hours looking at pictures of certain um, subcult you know of certain subcultures, if you're wondering, goth and emo and scene are a sub it's a subculture and I mainly do it for like, looks and fashion. I don't do it. I don't do it for music. I do it for fashion purposes. Um, like I do it for looks and I do it for fashion purposes. So, um, that's basically, that's basically why I have to physically look at pictures of these subcultures and I mean I know I feel like I'm stuck in 2010 but someone who has always 
been a part of that fashion sub like the fashion side of the subculture you don't have to be a part of the music scene or anything to be considered goth or emo or whatever um it can be like a fashion thing I know it's not, but for some people it is a fashion thing. So, um, I kind of envision that, and then I just, and then the words just start flowing. I don't have to think. I don't have to think because I already have it engraved in my head and I already know what's going to go down. Um, I already know what's going to go down for, like, a lot of books. So, you know, because I already have it planned out. And that's basically how I knew I wanted to be a writer. And, like, a lot of people, a lot of people knew that I was good at writing. So, I remember a couple of years ago, I, I literally still remember this because, like, I vividly still remember sitting at the dining room table because if you guys are wondering like that's that's where I did my homework when I was in high school I would do my homework at the dining room table when I was in high school it was like a mix of my room and then the dining room table but like literally working at the dining room table was so much better for me to do my schoolwork because I was actually focused so I remember I was in uh or yeah I was, I might have been in 10th grade or 11th grade at this point, and I remember, okay, even though, even though I'm very creative and it doesn't take me long to come up with things, it depends. Like, with stories, of course, like, it doesn't take me very long to come up with, you know, it doesn't take me very long to come up with ideas, but when it comes to actual physical work, like writing for an assignment, um, like writing for an assignment per se, it can take me, it, it would take me a while. And I remember I had the worst case of block and frustration because I didn't know what to, I didn't know what to write about because like obviously my teacher had expectations from me, and my mom, okay, my mom has known that I've been good at writing for a long time, because she was the first person I told when I, you know, got into writing, because I remember, okay, I had this folder, right, it, it's just a clear folder that I would keep stories in, it was just a clear folder that I would actually keep the, like, my individual works in. So, I mean, I still have it. I have it somewhere. I don't know where it is, but I have it somewhere. It's just, it's just a clear folder with, uh, my stories in it. So, I remember I told my mom, and my mom was a little bit skeptical about it at first because she didn't understand, and then a couple years later, when I was, you know, having that block of, you know, I didn't know what to write for an English assignment. 
because because I, I was stuck. I was like literally stuck. I didn't know what to write. I remember there were times. Okay, I think I remember. Okay, there there have been times that I've been stuck for like assignments before. Like I remember, I remember my senior year. I had an assignment to write about something. I can't necessarily remember what it was, but I had to. I had to like text my dad. I had to text my dad. I had to like call my dad. I had to like okay, it was something about the brain. And I had it engraved in my head that I was going to talk about something and it was like totally not what the assignment was about cuz I mean, I was stuck. I didn't I didn't know what to write about. So I, like, had to, you know, call my dad. I had to text, you know, I was, like, on the phone with my dad for hours, like, texting him and talking to him about it because I was confused and I had to do research. Um, I had to do a lot of research for it. And then a couple years later, I remember, I mean, not a couple years later, a couple years earlier, back to when I had that block of not knowing what to write for an English assignment. My mom said, you know, you're, you have a natural talent for, you know, you are a really good writer. You are extremely creative and, you know, it doesn't take you very long to come up with ideas, which is true. She's right about that, which is true. Um, I didn't know that I was good at writing until I actually, you know, jotted down words and everything. So she's right about that, but I do have my limits when it comes to writing. So if it's like a specific thing that I have to do, like for, you know, let's say a high school assignment or a college assignment, if I was in college per se, but like it depends on what, you know, a teacher expects from you or whatever, that you may have like the, this writer's block of you don't know what to write and you're like stuck and your brain's all and your brain's all fried um cuz you don't know what to write so i had to um you know i had to take a break and i had to like you know get into it like there was a time that i didn't understand poems either i didn't understand poetry either um, like in, I think it was 8th grade or 7th, no, it was 8th grade. So, I had never, I had never been strong on poems. I had never written a poem. I had never understood poems. Okay, and this is where, like, the auditory side comes in. So, I remember I had a poetry assignment, right, where I had to read and analyze these poems. Um, and this was, like, the second half of my senior year. So, basically what I did was I would listen to poems. I would listen to poems of what I was actually reading in class. Um, this, this might help you. This may help you. So, um, I would, like, listen to actual stories of what I was reading in class from, like, you know, podcasts and just follow along and take notes that way if I didn't, like, fully understand it. And then I remember I was listening to 
a lot of poetry. I was listening to a lot of poetry that um, I was actually reading in my class, that I was actually reading in my college class. So um, that helped me out a lot. And plus, um, kind of hearing Alan Rickman's voice was like so soothing to me. Um, may he rest in peace. Um, such an amazing man. Um, you know, like, such an amazing actor, just such an amazing man in general. Um, and if you guys are wondering, he wasn't just in Harry Potter. He also was in Sweeney Todd with Helena, um, with Helena and a couple other people. Um, and if you guys don't know who Helena Bonham Carter is, <laughs> you guys have never seen, you guys have probably never seen Harry Potter or Les Miserables or Cinderella before, you know, like, the live-action Cinderella, not the animated Cinderella, or, um, or, like, any of the films that she has been in, because she is an amazing actress. Um, she's actually one of my favorite actresses. If I got to work with her, um, if I got to work with her for anything, like, not, not, like, acting gigs, but, well, kind of acting gigs, but related to my book series, because I've always said, I've always said, if I turn my book series into a TV show or a film series, there's only one person that can play Bellatrix, and that person is Helena Bonham Carter. Nobody can fill that woman's shoes. Um, nobody can fill her shoes. Um, especially, like, playing my version of, um, like, playing my version of Bellatrix, which is, like, way more violent than JK's Bellatrix. Um, if you guys are wondering, my version of Bellatrix is, like, way more sadistic, way more violent, um, She's actually very controlling. I made her extremely controlling for a reason. Like, she's just a very controlling woman. And, um... Like, I, I just, like, wanted to make Bella more violent, you know? I wanted to make Bella more violent and then have it reflect on her kids. Not all of her children, but, um, but Delphine. So, I will talk about the kind of, I will kind of talk about this and maybe, I don't know. A writing video kind of talking about Delphine's personality, but Delphine is a freaking replica of Bellatrix. Like, everybody is afraid of her. Um, even her sister is afraid of her. So, I just, like, wanted to create this world and this mindset of, like, you know, not everybody's gonna walk all over you. Not everybody's gonna 
you know, not everybody's gonna like you, like, whether it's for your personality or the fact that you just don't give any Fs, which is kind of what this family is about. They don't care. They do not give crap about what people think of them. They're known for threatening people, especially Mia. Um, Mia and her sisters are extremely threatening, um, but Mia's also, you have to understand that Mia also has problems, um, emotional problems, physical issues, um, you know, and she has health issues and she's very vulnerable. You just don't see that. You don't see that, like, when she's out in public because she's very threatening. She covers up her vulnerability with, you know, the fact that she's scary and threatening and, you know, tries to put on this front of being fearless and everything. And she does have, like, break. she does have breakdowns in the privacy of, like, being alone or with barely anybody around. It's kind of sad, but if you read the books, it'll make sense. And writing and, you know, like, kind of turning into Mia myself to write about her is therapy for me. So that's, that's how I... That's how I see it. Like, it'll always be therapy for me. Like, I can't wait. I cannot wait to be in my office in a couple of months. Like, once once I get everything, once I get everything set up. So, like, I, so, like, I have, like, my computer set up, um, and everything. And I just have to, like, get a desk and get it all moved in and stuff. Like, I cannot wait to actually have motivation to work, um, Mind you, do not. Mind you, I recommend not to um, work in your room, especially on your bed, because it can cause you, it can cause you, like, physical issues, like back pain and among, among other things. Plus, looking at one screen will severely, like, hurt your eyes. So, um, okay, if you guys are wondering, I don't, I don't have, like, blue light glasses, I don't have computer glasses, I wear readers, um, I wear readers whenever I'm on my computer, so, yeah, I never, you know, cause I, I mean, I can, I can read, but it's just, I have readers to look at my computer screen, um, it works fine. I can only really keep track of two pairs of glasses. Um, kind of took me a while to get used to because I had to like switch them out all the time. I'm pretty, I'm pretty used to them. Uh, because I've had them, I've had them for like a year now. If you guys are wondering, I, back in the day, oh my gosh. So it, it was like my senior year, first half of senior year. And, um... I literally, my glasses, like, fell off my, my old glasses that I had before I got my new ones fell off my face. 
Um, okay, they've fallen off my face before plenty of times, right? Fallen off my place, face plenty of times. But, um, I would take them off the wrong way. Um, by, like, holding the bridge of the nose. And, you know, you shouldn't never do that. Never do that because you could break your glasses. And so what happened was I was, you know, getting ready for school, coming out of my room. Because, I okay, I get ready in my room. Like, I get, I get dressed in my room. So I was coming out of my room and my glasses straight up fell off my face, fell on the floor, and broke in half. And, like, they literally just in half. And I was like, oh my gosh, I freaking broke my glasses. Okay, like, I went, I went longer than the first time that I broke my glasses, because the first time I broke my glasses... I was, like, in first, well, was I in first grade? No. I was, like, in second grade. It was a Sunday, I believe. Or, it was a Saturday or a Sunday. I don't know how I remember this. But I'm getting, you know, I'm getting ready because, like, a friend's coming over and, you know, a friend was coming over at the time who I was friends with. We're no longer friends anymore, kind of, because we lost touch. And, um... So, elementary school me was, like, rushing to get ready, and I did something, and I broke my glasses. <laughs> so, I went, like, several... I went a while without... I went a while without glasses. And then, I actually broke them in class. <laughs> so, what happened? So, what happened was... um. So what happened was, you know, I'm like, okay, I knelt down to grab something out of my backpack to turn it into my teacher. Or, well, no, not, not turn it into my teacher because we needed, like, to, we needed to, like, read off whatever we were doing. And I kind of, I bend down. If you're wondering, I kept my backpack by my desk. I I sat in the same desk for three years in my English class. I sat in the same desk for three years. We had, like, we didn't necessarily have, like, designated desks, but, like, everyone already knew where they were sitting because we had been in that class for so many years. Some of us had the, um, privilege of being in her class, of, um, being in, in, this teacher's class for three years because we started okay basically you start academy as a sophomore if you guys are wondering that's that's how it worked that's how it works if you guys are like wondering how service academy works it starts in okay you have to be you have to be recommended by a counselor which I was and um I accepted the author, um, not author, offer, I'm sorry, <laughs> accepted the offer of being in Academy, and I loved it, it was the best experience of my life, kind of, kind of made me love school a little bit more, 
because of, like, you know, all the adventures of, like, crazy places we'd go to. It was so cool. So, um, like, all the crazy places we'd, like, all the cool places we'd go to, um, you know, it was, like, basically I called it an, basically we called it an educational vacation, and we got to spend time together, and it, it was fun. Like, I freaking loved it. Um, I wasn't necessarily a part of clubs, but I was a part of academy. Now, academy isn't necessarily a club. Academy was, you had, okay, so we had requirements to be in academy. First off, you had to, I guess, for me, I was, okay, I was already in college prep courses, but, okay, I was already, like, in college prep courses and everything, and then I, um, and then I got accepted into academy, and, like, a ton of crazy things had happened to me since then, like, I had, you know, I had learned more about I learned more about things that I didn't know about. Like, I developed, you know, my love for writing got stronger. I thought about being an English major or, like, doing creative writing stuff. I still want to, um, do, like, creative writing. I actually want to take creative writing classes soon. Not right now, but soon when I'm ready. You don't have to, but, um you can. I'm sorry, my cat will not shut up. I'm so sorry. My cat's, like, being very loud and annoying, and I hate that she does that. She does it, like, every freaking morning. It's so annoying. So, um, yeah, I kind of, I kind of got, like, more into writing in high school. Like, you know, like, I actually took my writing seriously in high school, and my teachers were extremely supportive. Like, I would literally write in class. Well, not in class, but, like, on my lunch break. Um, and I would spend the majority of my lunch break inside, because I didn't, I didn't like being outside. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I was outside sometimes, if my friends were around, but... As I said, oops, as I said, we didn't get a lot of, like, breaks in high school, um, we only had, like, passing period, we only had passing period and lunch, really, and I would spend, in my senior year, I would spend, like, my lunch, you know, I'd spend my lunch eating or catching up on work or, like, you know, catching up on assignments or, um, or, um, you know, eating my lunch and then writing in class. So, you know, writing in class before the bell rang because I was, because, like, I would just stay in class because it was easier so I didn't have to, like, you know, walk all the way from walk all the way from, like, the, uh, from, like, where we ate lunch to, um, if you guys are wondering, I didn't eat in the cafeteria. Cafeteria food made, makes me sick. Um, or just, like, the scent of being in a cafeteria made me sick. 
So I never, like, I hated being in the cafeteria, so I always ate outside. So, like, you know how some, how some places have, like, designated lunch areas? Yeah, we had, like, this, like, grove area. It was, like, an area of, like, grass and benches and tables that we would eat at. It was, like, an outside area that we would eat at, and we would eat outside, and you may think, oh, that's so unsanitary, but it's, like, no. It's not, like, a lot of school. well, not a lot of schools have, like, lunch spots where you eat outside, so, you know, because some schools aren't built, like, how my school was, um... Because, okay, the school that I went to was the biggest and oldest school in my, you know, in my city. And it was the hardest school to get into if you were a transfer student. Um, if you guys are wondering, I was a transfer student. I wasn't actually supposed to go to that school, but I wanted to go there anyway. It's a, it's a long story. Um, I'm not going to get into it. Um, it's a long story, but if you guys are wondering, I applied and I got accepted um, literally the summer after 8th grade because, as I said, I was a transfer student. I wasn't, like, in that particular district where that school was located. So, um, like, okay, it was, it was like my dream high school to go there. So I got accepted. I went there for four years and I basically got the chance to stay with my, you know, to stay with my peers for a long time. Cause, you, cause, you know, like people that, um, people that, they say that people, that you meet in middle school won't stick with you through high school. Well, it depends. So I basically had the same friend. I mean, I met a couple new people in high school. Um, along with like, I met like a writer community of friends as well. You know, because I'm a you know because I'm an author, and you need like author friends. You need author friends to um to, like, understand why you do something. So, I guess, like, high school was a good experience. I mean, it was stressful. It was very stressful. I'm not gonna lie. But it was actually also a really good experience. It, um, kind of opened my eyes more to the writing community and to like, the other sides of my job that I didn't necessarily dig deep into. Um, like, I got more into, like, tech and everything. And, I mean, it, it was just, like, the teachers I surrounded, you know, it was just the teachers I had, the people I surrounded myself with, um, and everything. Like, it was just, it was just a really good, really positive experience. And even though some classes were super hard, they were kind of necessary. Like, uh, obviously, you know, I took, I took some pretty difficult classes. Like, I took Spanish. 
foreign language isn't required like all four years, but it is required if you want to go to a college. Um, like, okay, if you want to go to like a two to a four year college, you have to take foreign language. So I took foreign language for two years and yeah, it's that whole, um, it's not really a stereotype, but it's a saying of like, you have to take foreign language for four years and it's like, you don't. You have to take it for two if you want to get into a college. It's not, well, it's, it's a grad requirement. You have to take foreign language. Okay, as a grad requirement, you have to take one year of foreign, like, probably one year of foreign language. And then if you want to get considered for a four-year, like, a four-year university, that's, that's why they call it four-year, um, um, you have to take two years of foreign language. Um, so I took Spanish. I, you know, I know, I know, like, the other teachers, I didn't necessarily have, like, other language teachers, I just had, you know, I just had Spanish teachers, but I do know, like, the other language teacher, so basically, the school that I went to, it teaches Spanish and French, but as I said, it's, my school is one of the oldest schools in my city, where, you know, where I live, so... It was set up differently. It, It's, you know, it's big. It's, like, really big. It's kind of, it's split up. It's kind of split up. So you have, like, so you have halls. Okay, it's not, it's not an indoor school. It's not an all-indoor school, like you may think. It's, like, split up into halls. So we had, Warren, we had, like, so there, there's like, um, and these um, halls had names. So it, it's split up. So we had like the, we had like the, we had like certain classrooms. And they, they were like all split up. So we had like our theater, which was a literal theater. Um, for like, if you took theater classes, or if you took, um, theater in high school we had an actual theater that would serve as a classroom and then we'd have like a mini theater and then the classrooms and then like some other classrooms would also be in that area as well and and so on and so forth so it was like all split up so you had to like walk you had to walk quite a while like we had like the art building we had, like, an art building, you know, and we had Warren Hall, which was basically the place where a lot of our classes were, like, okay, if you, if you ever, like, you know, were in the area and, and kind of lived over there and went to that school, then you know, then you know what I'm talking about because you've actually had to like walk the campus and I'm pretty sure that some people may have gotten lost a couple times. It's fine. It happens. It's a big school or it was a big school. It happens. I, I get it. Um, 
there have been times that I've gotten kind of, there, like, there have been times that I've gotten kind of, um, lost when I was walking to class as well because, you know, it, w it was a big campus. It's not like your, it's not your average camp, it's not an indoor school, basically, is what I'm trying to say. It wasn't an indoor, it wasn't an all indoor school. It was, like, split into, it was split into halls, um, and what I mean is, or it was split into buildings that were referred to as halls. Um, and then, you know, we'd actually have hallways, and then there were some areas with elevators. But it wasn't all accessible, if you guys know what I mean, because it had, it actually had stairs. I remember when I went, when I, um, when, um, a friend had said, oh, like, you know, you know that school is, like, mainly stairs, right? And I was like, yeah, I know. Like, I didn't, I didn't know what she was refer, like, I didn't know what they were referring to until I actually set foot on the campus for the first time, and I was like, oh, this is what they were talking about. So it's, like, it's stairs. Most of it is stairway. And then there are some areas with, like, there are, like, some accessible areas. So, yeah. Um. If you guys are, like, new to high school or whatever, take a picture of your schedule. Carry your schedule with you. Like, do not lose your schedule. You know, do not lose your schedules. Take a picture of your schedule. Have it as your home screen. Um, if you forget, like, where a class is. So... That's, that's just a pro tip from a high school graduate. Um, that's a pro tip from somebody who not only graduated from a big school, but, um, I also had to literally walk to class every single day. Um, So, like, I had to, like, leave several minutes early to get to class because it was such a long walk. Um, so, yeah. And the majority of my classes were, like, in one section of the school anyway. But it was, like, all split, but it was, like, all split up, so, yeah. That's kind of, that's kind of how it went for me. But, I mean, writing kind of got me. Like, writing kind of got me through high school. I mean, a lot of things got me through high school, but writing definitely did because when I wasn't... When I didn't have schoolwork, I would be working on books. Like, I literally wouldn't tell anybody. I wouldn't tell anyone. They would just know. Like, I remember one day I didn't have an assignment. Like, we didn't have any homework at all one day. And so I just got on my computer and I started writing or I was like continuing on a project I was working on and and then someone looked at me and was like oh you're writing okay like or like oh you're writing so you probably don't have any homework today and so I was like yeah but I mean it depends some people get their stuff done in class which I would, I would use my time very wisely to get my stuff done in class 
So, like, if I didn't have anything to do in one class, or if my teacher didn't want me to do something in one class that we could, like, all focus on an assignment, and, you know, get a head start on writing an assignment for another class, which is what happened very frequently, um, then I would use that time to, you know, get my other stuff done, because I had pretty, you know, I had pretty chill teachers, or that teacher that I had was pretty chill, like, pretty much all my teachers were chill, um, but yeah, like, use your time tip, you, use your time in school wisely, like, if a teacher if a teacher gives you time to work on something in class, like, you know, like, drops everything and says, okay, okay, guys, like, Miss so-and-so said to work on your, you know, Miss so-and-so said to work on, Miss, or Miss so-and-so probably said to work on your English assignments, so I'm going to give you time in class to do so. Um, you know, use that time wisely. Don't fool around, like, don't, don't take it for granted because it will help you. It will help you out in the long run so that you don't have as much to do at home, which is what I did. So I think that's pretty much it for this episode. If you guys are wondering, this is a, this is a refilmed episode for, um, my distributor. Um, the actual episode is on YouTube. The one that I filmed prior is on YouTube, so I'm not uploading this to YouTube. I'm uploading this to Anchor so that it can be distributed elsewhere. But yeah, writing really helped me through high school, and just just find something that'll help you through high school, because writing definitely helped me, and I mean, writing isn't for everybody. I mean, it can be for everybody, if you don't, like, overthink it, but it was definitely a help for me. It was a de-stressor for me. It's always been a de-stressor for me, and so on and so forth. So, I'm going to go now, not only because I need to get this uploaded to my distributor, I'm also hungry, so... Yeah, I'm going to go now. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Be sure to leave a like, comment, and, well, yeah. Be sure to leave a like, comment, and please subscribe to my advice channel, if you haven't already. And, um, listen to the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, and a ton of other podcast platforms that this is available on. So, yeah, I'm going to go now, and have a great rest of your day, guys. And goodbye.